0: hi welcome back luca how are you doing
1: very good very excited to be here al well
0: i'm excited to have you because you're making some noise and really positive noise in the people analytics space and you're making it accessible for organizations of all sizes so before launching into my narrative or how i see you if you would please introduce yourself and a little bit about
1: orgnostics yeah, so um, I, I have a very uh, interesting, I would say, uh, HR pathway that I that I took right after college. I was doing the IO psych research back in the day, and I had a pleasure and a privilege to to work with Richard Hackman, uh, one of the greats of uh, social psychology and organizational psychology back at Harvard, and I think he. He, uh, at, at that time, subconsciously kind of directed my path and career. Because after uh, being exposed to, to kind of bio psych, uh, my natural pathway forward was to go towards uh, anything that was organized. But I had this passion for startups, for for tech companies. That's that's when I joined uh, a, a company at that time, a startup that, uh, uh, you know, in the six-year uh, period that I spent there, uh, I kind of grew into this unicorn right? and uh, uh naturally coming from from this I/O psych background uh i was trying to fill in the gaps that we had on the operations people eyed and hr and that's how uh essentially my my uh, career in hr uh took off and uh it was a very interesting experience just because uh you know when you're growing a tech company when you're growing uh, uh, an hr team there and people operations um uh, you're constantly trying to figure out what's going on what's going on in the company in this high growth environment uh, uh, and my natural kind of fallback was was numbers at the time was hard uh, uh, to do anything with numbers uh, at, at the time when it was a company of you know 200 300 500 employees as we continued growing uh, so uh, you know that was a kind of first hand problem with setting up people analytics infrastructure that uh, I experienced, right? Uh, And this is where, you know, the little light bulb kind of started uh, to to grow. You know, we started building a people analytics team. We decided to build our own internal solution. It took us incredibly long time. It was a very expensive process. And and I started talking to other peers in in HR and and CHROs and chief people officers in these companies that are like 200, 500, uh, 600 employees. And they had a a pretty similar set of struggles when it comes to just accessing the numbers. Uh, And this is how the idea about Orgnostic started. Let's, Let's try to figure out what are the barrier to entry. Why is it so damn hard for small organizations to actually start utilizing numbers? Uh, and that's how, you know, the the, the whole idea and how Agnostic, uh, how Agnostic uh, began, the 2019 uh, as my idea, and then in 2020, uh, my co-founder, Igor, uh, and I uh, basically created the company around that, which was a very interesting time to start a company, <laughs> now looking in, in retrospect, right? So that that's in a yeah. nutshell, you know, how how Agnostic uh, started. Um uh, uh, I'm more than happy to kind of jump into uh, the specifics of of it
0: well, I mean there's so much, and you know we're in our time <laughs> here and by the way, thanks for joining us. Um, if you have questions, enter them into the comments, and we'll get to as many as we can in our time together today. Um, what I do want to highlight is uh, a few things to set the stage for our discussion because we are going to talk about agnostic uh we're going to talk about you know how the value can be realized. In organizations, again, of all sizes. And the thing is, it's it's very clear that the need and value to aggregate, analyze, distribute data and insight in an organization is high value. I mean, that has been proven time and again. However, the idea that smaller organizations in particular can actually make that happen in a sustainable way has been, you know, elusive. It's like, I just don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I don't know where to start, you know, all these things. And then if somebody else says, oh gosh, we're not there yet, you know, I'm going to go <laughs> I am personally am just gonna go nuts <laughs> but you are saying hey timeout you know we can actually make that happen we can make it accessible we can you know demystify it so you know if you would can you talk about how you position your value proposition in small to mid-sized companies specifically with maybe a yeah. solo practitioner or maybe you know no people analytics leader
1: yeah yeah I- So when you think about the landscape since uh, 2019, 2020, it has, it has changed drastically from the perspective of HR budgets and just the digitalization levels across the board, right? So so what happened right now is the organization, I'm, I'm already seeing organizations with 50 employees that are using HRIS, ATS system, uh, some of them already kind of jumping into performance management systems and similar. And, uh, you know, people are kind of discounting the value of companies starting to use technology much earlier because what it does, it helps standardize the data. It helps standardize the processes, the flow, etc right uh, and, and this is a drastic change that happened you know when Vizier when they started back in the day you know 2010 you know, you, you only had these that had big ERP systems workdays, SAPs of the world uh, and they had real problems just because they had a lot of data that was unstructured and needed to solve that but what happened in the meantime is that you had companies much earlier starting to gain these structured data Uh, uh, pockets that, uh, you know, uh, at least now we didn't have a bunch of excels and a bunch of uh, uh, ideas and notions that you have, but that is not really overly useful, right? And and I think that kind of landscape uh, created a a positive context for us to actually start thinking about this and start uh, working very hard on solving particularly three barriers to entry that we saw here. Uh, You know, one barrier to entry that is uh, huge in this space is technological. Uh, and the technological barrier to entry so far has been related to how quickly you can connect the data from multiple sources and get the results back. Uh, and uh, uh, this is something that was quite tied to the second uh, uh, to the second barrier to entry, which was financial, right? And that's because you need people to actually work on this problem and connect the data manually and map it and create this model. Uh, what as a result of that happened is that you had increased price in uh, how much, the you know, how much this kind of solution would cost you, that you just wouldn't have the budget for uh, when you're a company, right? And, and the third one is what you mentioned as well, and that's the educational component. Uh, and when you think about the companies right now, even if you're a 100-employee company, you already have certain turnover that is happening, which is like 10 to 20, some of them 30%, right? Which is Again, increasing the volume of changes in the company that is generating more data. Uh, if you're a Series B company of 100 employees, you're going to have, you know, uh, 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 plans to double in size. That means that you're going to probably have, you know, for 100 employees, 2,000 candidates. Meaning that there is already a pretty solid amount of data that you can deal with in order to get insights and structure the processes. Uh, um, structure the process. So the questions are definitely there for smaller organizations. Now we needed to solve for this technical, uh, financial, or uh, you know uh, uh, this ability to to create it as affordable as possible for organizations when they're smaller, and to create an educational component on what are the insights that you should focus on and similar, right? So what we went for is we try to tackle all three. Uh, my, my co-founder Igor is a, an amazing uh, uh, person altogether that I hope you'll have a chance to to uh, meet and more. Uh, and have a, 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 also an opportunity to discuss uh, a little bit more with. But he was dealing previously with a similar set of problems in biotech industry, right? And they have this normalization of, uh, and that's how do you create a, a model that doesn't involve necessarily people uh, uh, to connect the data from multiple dispersed sources and similar. And we started talking about how similar that kind of problem is to the HR technology, and you don't have so many deep tech companies in HR. So what we tackled for was, hey, h- how do we create this as cheap as possible for organizations to have multiple systems integrated and to create out-of-the-box uh, visualizations so that you can do it in a day, not in a matter of weeks or in a, just a couple of hours by clicking the API uh, keys and copy-pasting them and, and similar, right? So that was the kind of approach that we wanted uh, that, that we wanted to promote that, uh, that we focused on primarily. That's, you know, reducing the technology barrier with uh the goal of reducing the financial barrier and uh, you know removing the data engineering data science uh, side from the connection and then going into educating market as well and helping them with the uh, uh with with understanding the use cases so they can go in front of management and 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 be confident in the stories that they are telling
0: oh. <laughs> As you're sharing this, I'm getting very excited about the uh, idea that value for people analytics is going to be realized by more. And we've been after that. And I love the way you broke it down. Particularly, I want to highlight the educational component, Uh, because many HR leaders, people ops leaders, HR technologists have not grown up with people analytics. So they don't know the potential. They do not know the barriers. And and I say that compassionately. I don't say that critically. So what you're doing is bringing Mm -hmm. a a solution technologically that is affordable with an educational component that can help them not only structure the data and reports and dashboards and all that, but how to actually drive adoption with an organization. So can you talk uh, about how, you do aggregate all the data and make it easy and quick. You know, you said a day. You know, copying API keys and making it happen in a very seamless your way. Can you speak to more details about that? And I know you have some slides for this.
1: Yes, for sure. I, I mean, when you think about when you think about the whole process of uh, uh, of uh, normalizing that data, uh, what we started with was the idea of how do we create a certain meta model, right? The where uh, you can focus on the mid-market tools uh, because mid-market tools as opposed to uh, uh, enterprise tools like Workday and SAP have already very strict set of structures and the processes that are linked in. So we focused on HRSs and ATS systems primarily, and then we started building on top of that uh, performance management systems and similar uh, uh, until we went into spreadsheets and until we actually started diving into uh, a- enterprise software as well. But the idea was, you know, how do we use already a certain set of fixed uh, structures and how do we map them onto a specific system that can pre uh, uh, that can create a consistent output, no matter where using whether you're using lever or Team Taylor or uh, greenhouse or workable or recruity as an ATS uh, solution right uh, so we really focused on kind of figuring out the data structures in all of these different set of tools and what they can uh, normally create as a set of um, a set of outputs back. Uh, so that was the majority of the efforts that we had like uh, from the very beginning into you know how do we actually this our Ah, uh, manual work and our time, our engineering time, onto manually onboarding someone and doing that kind of mapping process ourselves. And then, you know, the the next part was also, you know, we we're we were seeing a lot of uh, a lot of providers talking about integrating the survey. Uh, surveys data on top of that. And I think that survey and experience data is extremely important for especially smaller organizations, not to talk about the big ones. Uh, 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 But uh, let's say that right now you're using some of the third-party vendors to manage surveys. There is usually that anonymity premise that is preventing you from actually ingesting that data. So even if you're ingesting it, it's pre-processed. It's uh, uh, not very insightful from the perspective of linking it with uh, rewards information, with performance information, with any kind of segment that you want to create. So what we went about was you know, uh, creating a, a serving layer that sits on top so that from one system you can control how do you collect experience data, how do you collect the exit information onboarding with the idea of actually enriching the experience and giving more uh, data within the context. And the context for us was uh, this uh, and that was how do you create this? Uh, uh, how how do you support the full employee life cycle, right? And thinking as a uh, as a relatively small company, you know what we wanted to basically give. Uh, as an opportunity to our customers and to future future uh, customers is to figure out on these uh, uh, critical lifecycle moments or elements, uh, what are the key metrics that they should capture and what are the kind of North Stars that they can uh, figure out and how do we actually allow them, even if they don't have the data, uh, to create that kind of metric? How do we allow them from the system to collect data for time to productivity, quality of hire, uh, and similar metrics that are not necessarily going to be available from the H R S or A T S system. Uh, so that was the that was a big vision. That's what we actually did on the on the technology side uh, first as a as a solution, right?
0: A lot comes out, and I by the way, just a sidebar. I love that you said time to productivity uh, because <laughs> there's that's something that I think is uh, overlooked. Uh, you know, if you can shrink time. Pro- to productivity, you, know, the cost of turnover goes down, and just understanding what that you know looks like, it takes you know creative measures. I also want to call out that you talk about doing the analytics and that actually provides visibility in the data that is valuable that's usable, and identifies gaps to where you can go and fill those gaps with surveys or other data collection you know processes so in other words, do yeah. it early as opposed to making all these system decisions downstream and then you have to unbundle and, and rework uh, a lot of the things that were, sure, were done. Yeah.
1: Can you speak to that real quick? Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. So that's the called data health component, right? All the uh, garbage in garbage out idiom, but uh, the, the, the whole idea, uh, uh, behind it is if you start early enough and if you start about these critical uh, elements, critical moments in your employee uh, 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 journey that you need to capture, uh, it's going to create a lot less data debt uh, that be impossible for you to cover once you hit you know 1,000 employees, 2,000, 5,000 employees, and similar, right? So what you're fighting against is pretty much when you start early, uh, you're adding this strategic layer to your thinking that down the road, once you scale, this is going to be an extremely expensive endeavor for you, right? So if, if you start collecting the data early, if you start structuring it early, you are going to prevent the organizational and data that, that uh, would happen at a certain point of time just because of the neglect uh, or, um, you know, th- this kind of information uh, about time to productivity. When you... Th- you know, when you multiply it by a thousand employees or 5,000 employees, uh, the impact on the bottom line is just going to be, you know, extremely different than when you're a hundred employee company, but it's going to be also uh, on the end level, more expensive and time consuming for you to create or to, or even impossible to recreate the data uh, historically so that you learn something from it, right? Yes, I, I mean that
0: data debt is probably forever going to live in my head because it's a hugely powerful construct, so you know thank you for that you yeah, let me ask this question because you touched on it when we you spoke to the slide so i'm a small organization, I have a retention challenge or I am uh, concerned about well being with hybrid work or productivity or any of these you know uh, dynamics. Mm-hmm. I might be thinking, well, you know, I'm just going to do a survey. I'll do some focus groups. However, there's all this passive data that is existing. There's also the core HR system data. Um, There's the ATS data. There's learning data. There's all all this data that can be harnessed to shed insight on not only what's going on, but what are the interventions that will actually help. So Mm -hmm. with the idea of beginning in the, with the end in mind, if there's not a technology that can actually harness all that data, you're, there's going to be significant gaps. Can you speak to agnostics uh, ability and specifically, if I am a people ops leader, or HR tech leader, you know, what is my first step? You know, what's the, the initial conversation that you have with HR technologists and people analytics leaders to have them see the light on the value of aggregating data across the employee lifecycle?
1: Yeah, um, it's it's a great question, and I I think this was also a learning path for us as we as we built the product and as we were speaking to more and more people that are in, in within this space. And our I, our initial hypothesis was that uh, you know CHRO of a small company is just going to be the main consumer uh, uh, of this kind of data. You know, a company that is like two hundred, three hundred, five hundred employees, the CHROs are going to be extremely uh, interested in this. And, and I think true uh, uh, to a certain point. Uh, uh, when there is a, a very strong uh, cultural push uh, for it. If C-level requests data, if C-level is hungry, or if the person who is coming to that position is already coming with some people ops background. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I think there, this is this is a place that is, uh, or this is a specific position that is changing and involving quite a lot. And they're the kind of people that are starting to consume this data for board meetings, for introducing the the concepts in how do we fix the recruitment process because this is extremely important for us right now where we are growing or um, you know what are the gaps that we have on the on the exit side uh, and those are the usual kind of scenarios where we see CHROs. Actually diving into data, and that's exits, that's onboarding, and uh, in most of the cases, kind of prevention of uh, uh, burnout uh, risk uh, and and similar things that they can notice in the patterns of absenteeism in the company, sick leaves usage, and uh, and similar points, right? Uh, But what we've seen also is uh, you when the company is 300, 400. 500 people ops function uh, that becomes uh, very specific, you know, there's a very specific mandate for people ops uh, uh, function to create HR dashboards. Now I have my opinion uh, about dashboards in, in HR. I don't think it's like dashboards per se are particularly useful because people, uh, you know, management is not used in, in reading that data. So if you send them dashboard, they're just going to uh, ignore it altogether. So you need to provide context and we are kind of pushing for people ops to create reports that have certain context around it so they can interpret the data. Uh, and, you know, thinking about HR data, it's not like that you have financial logs that are changing on uh, every other seconds and that you are sitting in Wall Street and kind of looking into dashboard that is that is constantly being updated. It's a relatively slow data, on a daily basis, updated, but on weekly and monthly, basis, you can see the differences. So you need to look into the patterns, into the strategy, right? And this where we see now people ops kind of adapting this uh, this mentality of actually going in and interpreting data and trying to be that support that's you know secret sauce for the uh, chro to to be the strategic leader. And then the you know out of the blue, we had this completely new population that we didn't think that we are going to serve, but that solo uh, people analytics practitioners in these like big enterprises that are not coming with strong data science background, like, you know, companies that have 30 PhDs in people analytics uh, uh, team, but that have you know, one person who's dedicated into creating the data-driven HR, right? And they need loads of support into doing this from the technology side, from education side, from, you know, managing their peaks and similar. So they don't, they need like a simpler solution that can fast give them something that is, uh, 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 you know, some sort of results and some sort of insights. And, uh, and and these are the kind of audiences that we then started catering to as well because they had a very similar problem to the people ops in uh, a smaller group, uh, and a CHRO in a smaller, in uh, an even smaller company, right? So those are the kind of uh, scenarios that we started uh, 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 you know, playing with, and th- that we really enjoy right now solving for.
0: Yeah, uh, one of the things that uh, I'm really enjoying about, and it's kind of a, it's not necessarily an epiphany, but it is something that I think is a healthy construct for listeners uh, to, to get their heads around. Uh, if you're a mid-sized organization, a growing organization, uh, if you're a people ops leader, your main job, make sure get people get paid, make sure the systems that are running critical processes function properly. Meanwhile, all these systems are generating data. And to your point, yeah. hey, we want a dashboard so we understand what's happening. And there's this implication that, oh, that's just magic. You just, you know, plug it in and, you know, it, it'll it work. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily the case unless you have a tool that's built to actually do that. And that's where, you know, agnostic comes in. So what I want to call exactly. out is that, you know, people, honest leaders and, you know, when I was, um uh, Uh, back at GAP, we rebranded our function employee insights. So it spoke to the value that Mm -hmm. we're delivering as opposed to the process by which we're delivering that value. So where I'm getting at is like people analytics is almost like a a chief information officer for the workforce, for for HR to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, what is happening, what are, what will likely happen in the future, what are the appropriate interventions to take place. So that is different. Then staging or um, standing up certain technologies, improving certain processes. So what I'm hearing is that there's a healthy distinction to be made and a recognition that the work is different and the technology by which to provide insights into the workforce is in fact different. And so I think that's an important you know, call out. So one thing that I really want to highlight in, in the balance of our time, and I know we're coming up and I'm going to put up something that, that Dunya has uh, commented on. You mentioned API keys and getting this done in a day. Can you speak more to how that actually works? So I, I write a check to our agnostic today. What happens? Oh, so
1: prognostic is is the only freemium platform on the market. What that means is that we're like a true software as a service solution. So you uh, you can come to the platform, uh, you can walk through our process where you can see, hey, you know there is a uh, 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 there is a set of tools that we have already connected out of the box, where you can go click connect. It's going to give you the instructions where you can find uh, or generate API key. You copy paste it and you start. And you can start with your own data. You can start with dummy and play with just like uh, the kind of insights that you can potentially get from from the platform, right? Uh, So it allows you to see how it works on, you know, imaginary data set and how it can work potentially on your set. So you have two weeks to go and play with your data before making any sort of uh, decision to kind of move forward and and, uh, uh, decide on any kind of plan that that you want to use on the platform. But the idea is that you know, when we were speaking about people ops, right? And when you when you mentioned this uh, connectivity problem, like alternative to them is going there and pulling the data into different Excel sheets and then pushing them into Power BI or creating like a master sheet, which is usually not, you know, when you download Bam- Bamboo HR data or Personia data, it's not going to be one perfect uh, Excel sheet. Uh, uh, it's going to be a bunch of different uh, sheets that you need to cross-reference, uh, create like uh, unique identifiers and similar uh, not to mention ats data and performance management and similar so it's saving you months of work uh and it's literally a couple of clicks of, of button that you can walk through on our website and there's always our customer success and our team that is kind of jumping in to help if there is any uh, technical support that is needed but that is that is something that is uh th- that we try to make as simple as possible right so it's come in find the API key, click and play with the data, try to visualize it, see what's the data held. We have a free plan as well. Uh, and the free plan allows you to see where your data gaps. So if you see that like only 70% of your data can generate certain metrics and you need to go in and fix it, you don't wanna go and you know start with the paying plan. You wanna stay on the on the free one until you're ready to see the value from those. And you can check that in like a limited history that, uh, that you can see and then transfer into into one of the paid plans. So, you know, that was the kind of process that we wanted to to support, that kind of revision in the way that you are able to visualize the end result right away, kind of sign a contract that you mentioned, right, uh, before being able to see the value.
0: You know, I as you're sharing this and when we first started talking, I was, like, dumbfounded about where we are in history because the idea of me doing this 20 years ago, um, would is, was frankly beyond imagination. It's like when I was at a fortune 500 company, we were refreshing data once a quarter, sending it to a third party. And it would take 21 calendar days to refresh that data and how, you know, who wanted to see that at that point, no one, <laughs> you know, so what I'm hearing from you is yeah. that you can plug and play and you see value the same day, which is, you know, again, just this side of miraculous, you know, and again, I, I want to call out that there's work that needs to be done both on the back end and from uh, the consumer side. It just It's not magic. Things just don't find themselves yeah. when you're aggregating exactly. data. Yeah.
1: There are always data gaps and like some uncleanliness uh, that that needs to be fixed, but at least you have the ability to see, you know, what are the parts of the platform that you are misusing, for example, you know, you might be generating so many new different stages in your recruitment process right now that are kind of not allowing you to see how the candidates are flowing or similar, right? But those are, that's, that's a very important knowledge for someone who is leading the processes in the company and operations, right? Right. Well, hey.
0: Uh again, we're going to have to talk more. Um, and I know we're going to do a podcast uh, shortly about your personal story and, and how Orgnostic came to be. And you've touched on it at the outset. But in the meantime, I know mm-hmm. you're going to be at HR Tech here in a couple of weeks, but how can people learn more yep. about you and Orgnostic?
1: Well, obviously, uh, we are very active on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, coming from the HR background, I think like every HR person is on LinkedIn. So that's, uh, right. that's where we are at. Orgnostic.com uh, is a place where you can learn uh, quite a lot. We generate a lot of content as well on our blog. Uh, and I think it's blog and the newsletter are uh, uh, very useful for anyone who is interested in, in the people topics we also have under the resources tab up there that you're showing uh, also uh, the access to the people analytics launch uh, which is basically our little uh, uh, movement in the community where you can jump in uh, and uh, either go and follow uh, through our master classes uh, I was mentioning this whole initiatives around educating the market and being able to educate our, uh, our uh, potential users and the future users as well uh, about the benefits of people analytics. We created this uh, series of different events called masterclasses where you have amazing people like Jeff Higgins you know, talking about the connection between finance and HR data, uh, Nick Bremner from Uber, Patty Smith from Cruise that are talking about their expertise and trying to uh, uh, share uh, the learnings uh, uh, across the way. Uh, so uh, along the way. So th- th- this is definitely something that uh, uh, that that could be quite useful to anyone who is interested in the people analytics topics in general.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'm excited to be participating in one of your forums here in a yeah. couple of weeks as well. So yeah, hey, Luca, um, we're going to sign off now. And, uh, if you're viewing, thank you for participating. Thank you for your questions. I see a couple that came in and that I will get to as a follow-up and I'll, um, put those in front of you too, uh, Luca, but Hey, congratulations <laughs> again on what you've achieved, uh, particularly you built this pretty much during COVID and, and here you are in the back end doing you know great work. So again, congratulations to you and your team and, uh, Thank uh, everyone for joining us again and you'll be well. All right, cheers.